Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Thursday, October 19th, 2017. This is episode 120. What has happened to the march? One of my missions in recent years is to ensure that students of all ages and experience levels, regardless of band, chorus, or general music, are clearly educated on all of the various genres of music. Quite simply, I think it's imperative that students as young as five and six years old, as well as those in high school, are aware of the more important genres. And we can go with the big ones. Classical music, jazz, folk, rap, hip-hop, international, which could also morph into various cultures, such as Latin American music, blues, country-western. Now, all of these genres are important for us to know for so many different reasons. It opens up our minds. It allows us the opportunity to select music to fit our mood. After all, I do have my moments where I just want to listen to jazz and maybe a specific type of jazz. And I have times where I just need to sit back and listen to one of the genres I just omitted there, which is one of the most important, which is rock and roll. And just get a fix of heavy metal. Now, when I introduce the different genres, typically, regardless of the age of the students, these are the reactions that I get. Rap and hip-hop, everyone knows of them. Few people know the difference between the two of them. Classical, everyone has their own idea of classical music, but everyone's heard of it before. Some people cringe when they hear the word classical. Jazz, they have an idea right away. Some kids will make a motion and they'll be able to put their hands in such a way as if they're holding a saxophone and they know that a saxophone is associated with jazz. Just one of those things. People just seem to know that. Then you have country western. Now, if you're in certain parts of the United States, country music is going to be extremely popular. I can guarantee you where I live, and it's not one of those places. But it doesn't mean that 
they hate country, it's just that most people in this region don't care for it as their first preference of music. But they know it, know what it sounds like. Here are the areas where they struggle, and they struggle mightily. People tend to not know the blues, and when I say people, I'm talking about students. They really don't know what the blues are. And they'll hear the term rhythm and blues, but they have no idea what rhythm and blues actually means. Or they don't know what R&B is. There are a fair amount of students who don't have a total comprehension of Latin American music, although if you were to play 20 different styles of music, chances are they could probably figure out which one was Latin American. But then there's that one style of music that none of them seem to ever know, and it's folk music. Everyone gets tripped up on folk music. They really don't get it at all. And it's not too hard to understand why that might be. We don't hear it at all on the radio. The only time you're going to hear folk tunes is maybe on stations that have very, very light, soft music. And even then, you may not hear a ton. You'll hear some Simon and Garfunkel, some Don McLean. But they really don't know what folk music is. Matter of fact, you could probably, unlike the Latin American music, you could probably play tons of songs and they still wouldn't be able to figure out which one is the folk song. But I think the greatest tragedy in America today actually has nothing to do with any of these genres. What has happened to the march? Now, jazz is one of the only genres that can absolutely, truly be claimed as American through and through with all of its roots. So many different variants of jazz. And they all seem to stem from America. Now, there are other genres out there that have also come from America. But to be fair, we can also trace them to other countries as well. Then we have the march. The march. What is a march? What is a march? What was a march? A march must mean someone marching along. Could be an army could be a parade, could be a marching band. 
Now, if we know what a march is, while any of those images can come to our mind, it's not really what a march is, even though it evokes those pictures. Now, marches in various areas of the world are played in different manners. For instance, there are many European-style marches which are played at slower speeds than ones you would hear more commonly in the United States, written by composers from America. But when a lot of people think of March, they're not usually thinking of Prokofiev right away, even though his march is wonderful. They're not thinking right away of the great march with the beautiful trumpet solo at the beginning, Valdrez. No, the march that usually comes to mind would be Stars and Stripes Forever. Liberty Bell. Washington Post. Semper Fidelis. Fairest of the Fair. King Cotton. All marches written by the March King, John Philip Sousa. Where is the march? What has happened to the march in our country? I can tell you what's happened to it. It's not being taught, and it's not being played anywhere. Now, we're probably hearing marches when a community band is playing in the area. And if you're listening to a fine wind symphony or wind ensemble or wind band, a band that is comprised of brass and woodwind and percussion instruments, not string instruments, yes, you may hear one or two marches in a concert. Or do you? At the start of my career, I had to figure out how I was going to program the music for my ensembles. And when I had bands in middle school, that is, players that are well into their third, fourth, or fifth years of playing their instruments, 
we're now truly at the point where the full instrumentation of the ensemble is being represented well. Unlike your beginner ensembles that are lacking tubas, perhaps, and may not have the best low brass players, I certainly don't think you're going to be having piccolo players in your fourth grade. And even some younger kids have a tough time even holding the cymbals. But once we're in the middle school, we do have kids that are playing the Barry sax and bass clarinets and tenor saxes and tubas, euphoniums, and all the different instruments that are going to fill out the ensemble. And what's happening? I can tell you what's happening. And I'm ashamed to say it. Marches are dying. If they're not already dead. I cannot begin to tell you just over the course of the past 10 years the number of concerts I've been to featuring at least one band on the concert. And that band, and I'm going to assume when I say this, is not an elementary school band. It's a band that will be at least a middle school level band. That band does not play a march. And if you know the director of whatever band in any town USA, unfortunately, you may know that that director never programs marches. Ever. Ever. So what's being substituted for the marches? I'm not going to say that the music that's being substituted is bad. But here's what everyone is missing. Marches are decisively and decidedly American in nature. Yes, like I said before, there are ones that are of a European style. But by and large, when you hear Stars and Stripes Forever, da 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 what person anywhere on civilized earth hears that melody, hears a band, not an orchestra, because yes, it's been written for orchestra, but it simply doesn't sound the same. It doesn't sound like a band. And the reason why 
is it's the one form of music, the one form of music that truly is not orchestral in nature. Most of the music written today for wind bands can be adapted and transcribed for orchestra seamlessly. And when I say orchestra, I'm talking about a full orchestra with the wind band plus strings. But when we're playing the march, marches are made, marches were made specifically for the instrumentation of a wind band. And they sound great. Well, of course, there's an argument. Everybody's heard marches before. Oh, really? I can tell you who hasn't heard marches before. Just about every student I've taught over the past 10 years. With the exception of my band students who never, ever leave my care without knowing, understanding, and appreciating what marches are, who John Philip Sousa was, knowing he wasn't the only one who wrote them all the marches, but he was known as the March King. And the Stars and Stripes Forever is his, not only his most famous march, it was deemed the official march of the United States of America. How unbelievably sad that we live in a country filled with wind bands, bands in schools, bands in high schools, with children who go through four years of high school and they don't even play Stars and Stripes Forever. You know why they don't play it? Because they don't play any Sousa marches. They're playing music that might be riveting and exciting and fresh and new. And there's nothing wrong with it. Because that's not what this podcast episode is about. This is not about bashing people who over-program, and they do, over-program the music of new composers. There's nothing wrong with putting it on your program. But here's what is wrong. When your program has nothing but that music and every tune is completely unrecognizable to the audience. To me, I consider that to be wholly unacceptable. One of the fa my favorite comments that I've heard over the years from audience members when I've conducted middle school bands has been the following. 
I don't know how you do it, Mr. R, but you always pick the right amount of music to fill out the program. It's not too much, and it's just enough where we want to hear more, which is always what we want to strive for as directors. I've done podcast episodes on people over-programming concerts, putting too much program, uh, too much music, and boring the living heck out of everyone who's in the audience, no matter how great the, the ensemble is playing. But they'll go on to say that even though they may have not known three out of the five pieces, they were exciting pieces to listen to. Well, yes. That's your new music. Those are all the, the incredibly talented composers out there who are writing the best music in the world because it's not happening for orchestra and it's not happening for chorus or any other realm of music the finest music at the highest level and the highest caliber being written today is new music for wind band but A march still sounds amazing with a band. Which is why people always leave my concerts happy because we're either going to start with a march, end with a march, or do both. Why can't these other bands do that? Why... Do we have so many directors out there who are so insistent on finding the latest and the greatest music published for that particular year, programming an entire concert of music that no one in the audience recognizes? Are you going to be that pompous and arrogant and say, well, I'm here to not only educate the children, but to educate the audience members? Really? Is that what you're going to say? Because last I checked, there's something more than just educating them. It's also entertaining them. And no, you do not need to entertain the audience for the entire concert. Doesn't hurt. But my goodness, if you're going to have parents coming out to support your program, throw them a nice cookie. For that matter, throw them a wedding cake. Throw them a march. No one is going to leave a concert at, after hearing a march at the end and say, boy, that was a horrible way to end. Nobody's going to say that. Even bad marches sound good. Even bad marches sound good because they're written for bands. They're, they make a band sound great. Even bands that aren't even good bands. 
or marches that aren't even good marches. Or a watered-down version of a march. It's still going to be enjoyable to hear. It's going to get the toes tapping. Where's the march? Where is it? I sincerely hope anyone who's listening to this podcast episode relays the information, passes along the episode to someone who really needs to hear it. I can promise you, if you're listening to this episode right now and you know someone in music, they may need to hear this. Because again, it's not about it has it's not an anti new music episode not by any stretch i mean i have so many professional connections in in the world who write music i couldn't even dream of writing and they just keep on pumping it out and it's fresh and it's exciting and, and it makes my job easier because here I am and I'm putting this outstanding music in front of my mu- in front of my young musicians and they're not sitting here saying to me, you know, can we play the soundtrack from this movie? No, they, they're not interested in that. They're interested in playing this new piece. But let's get them interested in playing some marches too. Some Sousa, some King, Harold Bennett. And if not those composers, then you know what? Find a march that's written by a composer who's current. It may not sound exactly the same, but at least you're doing the genre, the art form known as the march. You're doing it justice because just as bad as I feel for all the kids who haven't the slightest clue no comprehension what folk music is about my heart is torn in two when I think about how many people they don't they don't know what the march is And those people have now graduated high school. They're now adults. We do need to educate. You're absolutely right. We need to educate everyone on the brilliance of the march.